to be here again, and uh, I just present the same thing a little bit in, as the beginning from yesterday, which is the uh, initial point of living, let's say, which is the conscious contact, yes. and uh, and then the modality of sort of the programming of self-centeredness, the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, and its first habit of claiming, and then there's a couple of others, but the claiming one is the most pernicious. And the idea of that in the basic way of living that we're in, there's conscious contact. Consciousness is contacting quote-unquote things through the senses. So that's the point of what's happening. I'm feeling, seeing, tasting, touching, smelling, and I'm actually seeing thoughts like birds, you know, like an eye sees a bird. I'm seeing thoughts arise. And right at that point of contact is the freedom there. What occurs is the mind, the conditioned mind, recognizes that contact and claims it to be I'm in contact. The I being this, the identification as name and form, the identification as a body. And so the conscious contact arises constantly, and the head arises a little bit after it, if you want to call it in time, and claims it. It says, I, and that I means a lot of things, Paul, I am hearing, I am feeling, I am touching, I am tasting, I am smelling, I am thinking. And actually, the most dominant one in this state is the thinking, yeah? Most of our conscious contact is is glued to the thinking about the I. Yeah? Or thinking from the, about everything else from the point of view of I. And that obsession with the I causes us to seem to be unconscious to the fact of what we are, which is the conscious contact. Yes. So the conscious contact is constantly, to me, revealing the nature of what I am yeah? in the movement of being being in contact. So the consciousness is what I am, and it's demonstrated all day here by it being in contact with things, what's appearing. The head's interpretation is that 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 implies there's a Paul that's in contact. So Paul's hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and thinking. And that's when the story of my life begins. So the conscious contact is, my attention is drifts away from that, and it goes to attending to the reflection about self all day, based on the contact, past contacts, future contacts, basically more so on the past and future contacts, because the contact now has to be ignored for it to seem to be the one who's in it. Because there is such a strong, uh, let's say, demonstration that you are that, if you are aware of right now, without the identification as Paul aware of it, it's really super obvious what's happening. It's The thing is, many of us are wasting time trying to make it obvious to what's not happening, you know, the sense of being the I. And we still judge our position in this path, if you want to call it, based on where the I thinks it is, which is totally unnecessary. Because the demonstration of it, of of what you are is right in the contact 
that's happening all day. So it seems to be the problem is of happening, but the solution is actually the underlying denominator of that seeming problem. So the solution is always available at all times to the seeming dilemma of being a Paul. And that's the obviousness of it. Yeah. So the emphasis, hopefully, you know, with the hopes of changing, you know, pointing in another direction, that this will become obvious. When it becomes obvious, you'll lose interest in that point of I, and your attention will stay in the emphasis of the consciousness, and everything will be cleared up. It's just obvious. It's just like, from point zero, there's no questions at point zero. It's any little bit of degree from point zero that can be a lot of questions, because the point zero is the answer you're looking for, really. And it's just an emphasis. The shift of attention just gets emphasizing that instead of the Paul who your mind thinks it is, because you've entertained a truth, and the truth has rang true, which is, I'm not that. When you're not that, I'm telling you, my experience is there is no effort to to grab that attention that's going to selfing and put it on the truth. That would still be selfing in a way. The attention just gets loosened from the selfing and just goes to where it goes. Yeah. To me, it returns to its source because that's where it really wants to go. Yeah. But it's been hijacked by the head in a sense, I feel like it's captured consciousness. The consciousness has become defined as the body and as this identification. So the consciousness that is what we are is, is used to reveal what we're not all day and illuminate what we're not all day and get consumed by the thoughts of what we're not. So in this world, it looks like animals are better off than us because they're not, they don't have so much self-reflection. Yeah? And that's an amazing thing. Because the, we have the exact knowledge of what we are at all points. I don't believe the animals do, in a sense. They can't recognize the consciousness that they are. Are you okay with us just speaking out as you're talking, or do you want to do... Uh, we'll do a little later questions. Okay. But yeah, you can ask now if you want to. No, no. So. so for me, that's the point. To describe what we're not is, I think, a really the only thing to do here in a sense, because you can't describe what we are. So I like to point out what we're not. And to me, what we're not is not... It's a system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. That's what's taken us over, in a way. And our attention has been hijacked, and we're attending to its main thrust or where it demonstrates, which is thought. Yeah. So we are really, really relying on thought, and we have, a, we have such a sense of like uh, awe of thought, but thought is very, a very slow system and totally off most of the time. And it's defined by the system it's from. You know, Most thoughts are based on the past. So when you're thinking about a situation, the situation has already happened. Yeah. So we're living on like a, a time delay. The event of the conscious contact has occurred. We're out to lunch at that point. Yeah, because we're waiting for the Paul to arise to say, I had that experience. At that point, you've missed the whole event of the conscious contact because you're not in it. When you if, say you're waiting for the Paul, yeah. the pause? No, the or Paul, the head. Paul. Yes, I'm Paul. The Paul, the Paul to arise to tell us what's happened. Yeah, And if you really see what could occur in that, 
if you get in the habit of that, you basically live an interpretation of life. You don't really live because you're waiting for your head to tell you what's going on. So I know people who, you know, I know when I was younger, I'd go to work <coughs> and uh, I'd come home and around 8 o'clock, it would dawn on me I had a bad day. Now, that's like, why wouldn't I know it was bad while it was bad? Why is it that I, I'm like on a 10-hour delay to find out what's happening? So then it would tell me, oh, yes, I did have a bad day. And then I'd react right to it, and yes, and then, okay, and then call other people. Did you have a bad day at work? Yes, yeah, they're fucking with us, whatever. <coughs> Stories would ensue to sort of explain or to know that I had a bad day. But to me, that's like 12 hours of being out to lunch. You were a teacher. What? Of what? No, I'm not a teacher. No. You were. No, I wasn't a teacher. That was work. I'd go to work. You know, let's say I was painting a house. And then uh, <clears throat> I was basically painting was happening, as they say. But my head would tell me a story that I was having a really bad day. Like the wall was yelling at me or something. You know? And it was five walls instead of four. That flipped me out, you know. <laughs> something threw me off that upset me as a house painter. But this narrative. And I noticed that most of my life was based on waiting to hear what was going on, based on the self's point of view, or the system of self-centeredness, you know, which is a thought-interpretive system. And it's not unusual. It's, very, it's a stock version we're mostly all under. We're all suffering from self-centeredness. You know? There's different degrees of it, and they call, we call them addictions and diseases of mind, but the basic dis disease of mind is that you're identified as what you're not all day. Yeah? So there's the story going on. Let's say if in my life I'm in that habit of waiting for my head to tell me what's going on. And I'm living, 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 seemingly living and basically just living a story. And what would happen if at the moment of death that occurred? Yeah? Let's say like in, a lot, in some sects of Buddhism the whole point of living is to be ready to die. Yeah? That's the whole point of this whole place is just to have the, to be ready for that moment when you pass away. Well, let's say all your life you've been waiting for your head to tell you what's happened. There's this time delay and then that moment of death occurs and then you wait, you don't know that you've died. Yeah, and you're waiting for your head to tell you, and, you know, this has died with the body, the narrator. What's, where are you? You missed the bus, so to speak, because you were thinking, you were waiting for someone to tell you the bus was coming. <laughs> the bus came, the door opened, you didn't get on. You were totally unconscious at that moment of death. Yeah, because you were waiting for something to finally tell you what happened. That's what we're living as. Most of us are waiting for the head to tell us what's going on. Yeah. Yet, if the conscious contact was uh, emphasized, you'd know what was going on. you know it in the sense of not knowing at all what's actually going on. That's the security of this place, really. To me, security is total insecurity. That's the security of it. I have no idea what's happening at all, ever. There's just an awareness of whatever's arising, but I have no idea of what the hell's going on. Yeah? So in the state of I don't know is the freedom, in a way from the knowing, because this mind wants to know. It will kill anything to know it. Yeah? It will kill a verb of being to know it as a noun. So you want to know what life is, but life is, is being. Yeah? If, you, if you know it as a topic, you've neutered it. You've, you've, you've taken out the essence of the, it, which is a verb, and you've made it a noun that you now understand. I understand or know Advaita. How could you possibly know Advaita? How could you ever know non-duality? It's a living something going on. 
Yes? It's demonstrating itself. You know it by traveling as it. Yeah? That's how it intimates. To me, anyway. It intimates. I get downloads about it because I'm, ro- I'm rolling with it. But I don't get downloads about it like a shoot or a noun that I'm, I now know Advaita or whatever they call it. Yeah? It's just it's a living testament in a way. Like a living scripture. So, uh, I found, for me, the draw into that thing I call selfing, that verb of selfing, caused me to be unconscious to the fact that I was consciousness, yes? And there, what I had is, I seemingly lived a story of being a someone called Paul. And that story had its own little trails and this and that. But every bit of that story was illuminated by the basic fact of consciousness. I couldn't be obsessed with the thoughts if I wasn't seeing them. If there wasn't a light of consciousness to note the thoughts, I wouldn't have been able to make a story out of them. There would never have been the conjuring up of a Paul or a reinforcement of a Paul or a making of a Paul without the light of consciousness. So that, to me, is the whole point. So, and yet, I can't know consciousness as a self. That's the dilemma. So the dilemma isn't that I'm obsessed with this system of thought and and interpretation, but I have become identified as its central point, which is a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It is rooted in being a body, or a name, or a form. That name and form can never experience, or not, you can't experience, but never can sense or intimate the formlessness. It can't hold formlessness in the, in the hands or the embrace of form. It has to be seen that I'm not that, and then it's obvious what you are. And you can bypass the whole idea of getting this, or understanding it, or knowing it, or practicing it, because all of that is pointless if you are it. All of it is totally pointless, like immediately pointless if you are it. But the idea, the, the identification as selfing is tricky because you can have a lot of knowledge about self. This is what we say in recovery, self-knowledge avails us nothing. I used to love that statement. What the hell does that mean? Because knowledge seems to be valuable. But self-knowledge avails us nothing. So any knowledge claimed from the point of view of being a self won't do you a damn good. It won't lead you, lead you to freedom from the bondage of self. Because it will just be, you'll know, like, you'll know the dimensions of a hole, you'll become like a professor, a professor of holes, but you'll still be falling into holes. What's the point of all the knowledge? To me, I want to be free from falling into holes. That's the point. Yeah? So, in our recovery program, we do, uh, we run into this point where everyone does an inventory. I don't know if you've ever done inventories in your life. But we take an inventory of certain aspects of our life to see what happened. But very few people in recovery even entertain it to see it this way, which is, it says in this book that I, I come out of, Recovery, it says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that self, that small little selfing, self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, we will now look at its, its meaning self's, common manifestations in our life, or the appearances of it, the common appearances of self in my life. And the next paragraph in our book says resentment, and then we do another one on fear, and then we do another one on how we harm people in the pursuit of what we wanted in the sexual arena, 
Yeah? And everyone, almost everyone in our community looks at it as I'm doing an inventory on my resentments, my fears, and my harming other people. When in a sense, if you look at it, it's not saying that at all. It's saying we're looking at self's expressions in our lives. And these are some of self's expressions, which is anxiety, resentment, harming other people. And these are just the grosser ones. If you ever looked at a dictionary and you look up the word self, yeah, and then there's a hyphen, and there's about 90 other adjectives behind it. Yeah? 90 at least, or 120. And I basically, if you look at the percentage, like 90 of them are what you would call 90% are negative and 10% are positive. That's the interpretive, interpretation of life you're going to get under self-centeredness. Yeah? 90% bleakness, 10% hope. Yes? But always always referring back to the chronic reality of bleakness. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have a hope that maybe if I do something, someday it'll get better. But there's never an instant delivery of it. You never are happiness, joyous, or freedom. You're always working towards being happy, joyous, or freedom. You come in and someone says, hey, what's happening? Oh, I will be okay. What about now? No, 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 forget that. I will be okay. It's always this. This is what it's like. See? So in this way of looking at it, and this isn't just for people in recovery. This is everyone in self-centeredness. It's producing the same product in your life as it is in mine. It's just mine may be more extreme. That's all it is. Because alcoholism and addictive mind is just like an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness. Everyone who's in self-centeredness has the same disease. It's a discomfort and irritability restlessness because you're living as what you're not, basically. And no matter how great you live as what you're not, it's not going to change the fact that you're not living as what you are. It's just that simple. You can, get, you can become the greatest person selfing out here. It's probably still not going to translate into being happy, joyous, and free because it's not your nature. Yeah? Your nature is that consciousness that's in contact. Yes? It's demonstrating itself. It's being through contact. Yeah? So we're in a place where consciousness, that stillness, is being through contact. So you can intimate it through the contact you are in all day. So what we do in AA, we see, all right, so we look at it this way. All right, so self, I'm going to make a little, like a picture. It's like a man who has a beautiful lawn. Yeah? You have a beautiful lawn in your backyard. You really love it. You run around in the morning with no shoes on. It's beautiful. And you make snow angels and you have picnics and you play croquet on that lawn and it's a really beautiful part of your life. It's a lot of fun. You enjoy it like crazy. One day you step out on the lawn and you step in some shit, yeah? some dog shit. And so immediately you bounce on the porch and the first thing your life changes. Now you got to wear shoes when you go on the lawn. You know? What happens when selfing occurs and takes over, your life gets very, very small. Very small. Possibilities shrink down to almost nothing. You've been through every possibility that self has to offer. You've been through every inch of self-centeredness. All you do is just keep retracting, retracing your steps, redoing, refeeling, refeeling, rethinking constantly. So here, you, so he steps back on his porch. So his solution is, well, I'll just avoid it. Maybe it'll go away. So he goes inside, comes out, steps on it, and he steps in some more shit. Then he's walking around his lawn, and there's a lot of shit on his lawn. And it's smelling pretty bad. Yeah? So he says, Jesus, how the hell did this happen? So he walks out and he, next morning it's still there. It's even worse. So then he does, alright, well, he just pulls down the blinds. Yeah? And he buys some pictures of lawns and he starts looking at the lawns and reminiscing how it would be good to have a lawn and oh, I remember his days. And, 
I wonder if there's anyone who has a lawn like this. <laughs> and he has other people who the same thing happened, and they get together, and they have meanings about lawns, you know, how wonderful it was. Of course, we can never have any because there's so much shit. <laughs> and so what happens is a guy comes in and says, hey, I have a solution for you. And you're open to it because you feel the unbearability and you've had all your excuses and your stories and blaming others, but it still hasn't worked. Yeah? So he says, here, here's a pooper scooper. Yeah? <laughs> and maybe you should buy two pooper scoopers. And if you get really good at scooping up that poop, you'll have a point where maybe a little bit of the lawn will be clean. You know, maybe only one person can come to the picnic, but it's all right. It'll be better than nothing. You'll have maybe five by five. So you start doing it, yeah? picking up poops, you know, scooping it. And you're getting pretty good. Yeah? And you get the lawn, looks pretty good sometimes. And you get to enjoy it. You can't plan because you never know when the shit's going to come. But you got it, you know, you can have almost like a spontaneous picnic for a half an hour and then shit appears. And then people start hearing about it. And they start, and they have the same problem, so they start calling you up. And you're, they start asking your advice. And maybe you become like a pooper-scooper teacher, yeah? People come over and say, hey, listen. Yeah, and you tell them about the lawn and what's happening. And then, then you say, well, if you get really good at these, and then you become an authority. And maybe you become a circuit speaker. Start walking around talking to people. A lot of people hear about you. And you have a, now your selfing is claiming that, and now you have an identification as being a great lawn cleaner. Yeah? Then someone comes in and says, hey, I got a really incredible solution. And you have a reluctance to entertain it because you're sort of happy with the problem in a way. Yeah? The problem is actually giving you a lot of fodder to be a self in a sense. Yeah? Hey, I'm pontificating, giving out talks, this and that. No, it's nice this way. And they say, all right, well, if you want, if any day you want to think of, you know, ent entertain the solution, it's this. And then you sing, yeah, yeah, what is it? And they go, find the dog. And you're like, what? Find the dog. All right, so what is he saying to me? Well, if you look at that statement, self is manifesting in various ways in your life. And it's not self, it's selfing. It's a verb. It's a mental verb. There's no noun called self. It's a verb, yeah. So selfing is, ma is manifesting in various ways. Yeah? And it's dropping it into what you call your life. And you're identified as it. Yeah? That's the problem. You can't entertain getting rid of the dog because you think you're the dog. You can't get rid of self when you're a self. Your mind can't go there because that would mean death to it. It cannot entertain getting rid of what it thinks it is. You have to see that it's not you, or start entertaining it's not you, and when you do, you can get rid of that dog. And obviously, when the dog is gotten rid of, you don't have, you can put the pooper scoopers up on the mantle. You know, you may honor them, they did serve you well, but now to use them would be pointless, yes? Because now the life is full of possibility, you're traveling very light, and everything is whatever, you know? Everything is just everything, yeah? It's just the way it is as it's appearing. But the idea is, is the identification with it. And it's not as it's subtle, yeah? the identification, because a lot of people hear this message and they hear it, but they translate it as something else. Yeah? They hear this message, like we said last night, I'm a lion, but their conditionality is like a sheep ear. They hear it like a sheep. And when they hear it, it becomes, I can become like a lion. And that's not the message. Because I can become like a lion is a product of self-centeredness. You're going to be doing and having to get somewhere. Because that's the only way selfing 
progresses in this time and linear space that thinks it's in. It does and has to become. Yeah? You cannot apply that with this because you are that inherent being of conscious contact. You are that. So you can't do and have yourself into it. And that's the dilemma. Most people are either suddenly, like they get introduced to non-doing and they're a, a, they're a self that thinks it's doing, now it's non-doing. Yeah? All right, I'm going to non-do today. Like, but it's based on the fact that it believed it did yesterday. The message or the solution is you never did anything, and therefore there's no you that's not going not gonna to do it. Yeah. In other words, you never did anything, so there's no need to become a non-you that d- didn't do it, yeah, or is not doing it anymore. It's all done. It's erased immediately. The whole life story is completely irrelevant immediately. Because it had nothing to do with what you are, and never will, and never did. But the selfing will always try to write relevance into the story. You will always play a role, like, I, sh- I need to be vigilant about this message. No, you don't. You don't need to be vigilant, unless you believe you do. Because the selfing's still playing God. It's still saying that there's something you, as what you're not, has to do to allow what you are to be entertained by what you're not. It's just the entertaining of it. There's no, it always wants to bring middle men and middle women into the equation. There's no middle men and middle women. Yeah? There's just the root of consciousness, experiencing being. Yeah? yeah, exactly. You just sit there. And you sense a presence that I used to spend $500 to get when I was out there using drugs. (laughs) You sense the presence that you were looking for your whole life. You sense from it. You really get what you you were looking for is what's actually looking at this very second. (laughs) And the end of story, yeah. And then you go to Toronto in February and things happen. <laughs> Literally, that's what occurs. It's, it's all, <laughs> all bets are off. Anything can occur. It just happens. Things occur, 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 occur. But what I found in the traveling of it is your emphasis isn't on the content. What happens? It's that the context of it. It's sort of how it's happening, which is conscious contact, and you sort of emphasize as that, and it gives you freedom from all of this. Yeah? Not like you try to get freedom from this. It's just your attention now is emphasizing that, which as a byproduct gives you freedom from this, all the appearances and everything. It's not like I have to get detached. It's not like that at all. This pulls your attention, and it would be what you would call detachment to that. But there's no you detaching or being attached. It's just your attention gets pulled out of the content and goes into the context. Yeah? attention and then rest in there and that's the freedom or the immunity to the self so whatever arises you realize cannot possibly be you and if it's not about you you don't have much interest in it if you is the consciousness then in a sense all is about you so you're very curious and alert but the one thing that's always been harping that it is you is realized very clearly not to be you so all that interest that was been siphoning off to that that all interest gets spread wherever it's going to go. It has its own little directional thing, yeah? And so it's incredible to me. It's a nice way to travel. I call it traveling light. Just travel light, yeah. Um, 
first, uh, just for, for the sake of whatever, 55 years of my life were spent, like, totally nose to the, to the grindstone, thinking, career, doing, making money, creating the house and the car, and doing the whole thing. And, um, and then, uh, So then, so for the past couple of years, I've been, haven't been doing the driven thing and having time to just, you know, just let it happen. And uh, um, at least I, I, I think that's what was happening. I, I'm not so sure anymore because it, um, now I'm at a, at a point where I've been letting it happen for a couple of years. And um, yesterday, Revenue Canada called, and they wanted $15,000. And, you know, so uh, I didn't, you know, I felt a little contraction, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't freak out, you know. I didn't go down the rat hole. And, um, but it's obvious that, you know, and I've been, say, okay, well, it's time to get out the resume and polish off the resume and do all that. Looking at the resume, which is basically the history of my past, has been brutal. It's like, I, I don't want to do it. It's like, I, I, like you know, it's kind of like vampires coming after me. I'm like, shh, don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to rewrite my resume. I don't want to do it. I don't even want to, I don't want to have anything to do with it, you know? Um, because I got to get on with, you know, feeding myself taking care of my kids and doing what needs to be done. But I seem to be at this point where, you know, I'm good just kind of like letting things be, but this whole thing that used to drive me to, to make money, to, to, to have a, a job, isn't there anymore. The, the drive isn't there anymore. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm watching this all happen, and I'm, I'm I don't know. I mean, what what about intentionality and um, goals and you know creating something? Um, what about that? I mean, do you? It seems like there's a there's a you know there's a spark that's missing. There's a a deadness. But to who? Huh? To who? Well, yeah, to the to to who I was. Or to, to to myself, the self is. Yeah. You know, is the self is the self dying, or am I just depressed? You know. Neither. I I am I am you know I am. Self can't die because it never was. So. Right. And but 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 I mean, regardless of who, whether it is or it's not or whatever, I gotta get on with it. You know. And and I continually choose not to get on with it. Um.
But did you, do you sense the underlying uh, being that's happening, which is there's contact with all of those various moods and and ideas, yeah? That you were driven and you were now driven and you need to choose, but you aren't choosing. But there's something that illuminates that, yeah? There's an awareness of that. Yeah. Well, that I, I w- I'm pointing a little bit at that as what you are, not all the moving sands above it, called a life. Yeah. He says you use the word choosing a moment ago. Um, Did I? Yeah, just two sentences. Must have made a mistake. No. <laughs> so choosing. Um, I was walking the dog this morning, and choosing came up. Um, it's really a matter of choosing. Is it really just a matter of choosing? No. As opposed, no, it's not. Because there is there is a, a definitive event happening called being. There's no choice in that. Yeah. There's there's awareness, and then there's awareness of going on. So the awareness, and then the being, its expression of being is it's aware of. Yeah. Things arising, and that's like that's the basis. Now there's a story about you being the one who did this, this life, and now not doing it. But that's the sands almost going over the basic denominator. Yeah. The basic denominator is the illumination of everything that you what happened to you. Without awareness, you wouldn't have the story about you. There would be no story of you without awareness. But there's, de- there's no need to be a you to have awareness, but there's no you without awareness. There's no need I, to be I, a I'm you. I'm good all that. Yeah, there's but, no but, you. But where's the spot? Where's the, where's the, you know, where's the gas pedal? For what? I, for, you know, I mean, for having a job and doing stuff and, and you know, living in this, in this world. Living in this... Well, right now it seems like you don't have any gas for that. So that's what's happening, yeah. Aren't you aware of that? Yeah, no, I, I yeah. don't have any gas. Yeah, and, and then the mind's giving that a lot of meaning. What does it mean not to have gas? I need to have gas it now. Means there's something wrong with me. Ah, yeah, sure. Something wrong with me that's now. right. And so then you get again so what's the meaning of that that something's wrong with so you so it's almost like to choose the only way that I it's the, the way I guess I, I was driven by by guilt and well, remember that's a story that's a story yeah. that's to see there was driving and now for us to have a have a story about driving there's got to be someone who was driven to somewhere and so that's our story so let's just say there was driving in one's life so now the story in the head is there was a someone, you, that was driven to somewhere, to success. And now that driving is now driving you you away from success into something else. Now you like maybe, you, in hindsight, you didn't like that driving, and now you don't like this driving. Yeah? You didn't like, you know, you were probably liking the driving when you were getting the goodies, the mind, but now that the goodies have sort of, you know, fell off the tree, now you're thinking, I didn't really like that, and now you don't like this driving. Yeah, so that's the commentary about the driving, based on that there's someone driven to somewhere. But all the while, there's just the light of awareness, yeah? That's what's allowing this whole giant story to sort of 
appear is light. Without the light, there'd be no story. So this is just about putting the like the horse before the cart in a way. The cart is the story about me being driven to somewhere in life and me leaving somewhere and constantly doing this. But the story is is illuminated. The stage is lit by the awareness. And I would say humbly that we are that awareness, not this, not the conceptual figure, or action figure of the story. Yeah. When you believe you're the conceptual action figure of the story, then your attention spends a lot of time pasted on the story. And it can't really attend to your natural state, which is awareness. And so therefore, you tend to live as a self unaware of your basic nature. And to me, that's the source of the dilemmas here. You get totally involved in the story of being driven to and from places, and then you have reasons why, when I need to be driven, I'm not driven, where's the gas pedal, and all these things, and there's this and that, and it gets very confusing to the self, obviously, because it doesn't have, it, the self has no light, it's trying to make up, it's sort of like being in this room, and if someone turned off the lights, and it was nighttime, you know, someone turned off the lights in this room, problems would ensue. If I got up, I don't know this house, I, I'd want to try to find the bathroom, I may go to the kitchen sink by mistake, or go somewhere, or God forbid, go outside in the freezing <laughs> Toronto weather, or, you know, bounce my, hit something, hit my knee, and bump into people, they get mad at me, hey, you bumped into me, I sorry, I can't see, you know, this and that. And so what we do is, because we're still involved in that, we get knee pads, yeah? We start thinking, we start Getting, you know, oh, I'm hunkering down in this, so I'm, you know, I'm going to bump myself, and I'm going to have to buy maps to the bathroom. And people who say once I was at the bathroom, and I'm pretty sure this is a pretty good map, and buy it, and I'll even sell you a little nickel flashlight, you know, always artificial light, not the real light, because you are the real light. Yeah. So you're always looking for artificial light to light your way, because as what you think you are, it's, you're living in darkness. You're ignorant to the fact of what you are. You're the light that you're looking for. But here you go. So you're looking at the maps, and some are more genuine than others, and you got the knee pads, and all, and I, preemptive sorries, you know, I'm probably going to bump into someone in this room when I try to rush out to the bathroom, so I apologize before I do, and everyone else, and a lot of talking, yakking. All you need to do is turn on the light switch. Ding! As soon as the light rises, you'll realize all your problems were based on the absence of light, no matter how crazy it sounds, because we think our problems are really real in this dark little stage. We really do, as a self. But my experience is, it's, it may sound corny, but you will actually see that your problems don't have, they're not like what you thought they were. Because if you can't see, you have to speculate. And that's what selfing does. It speculates unbelievably about what things mean because it doesn't actually see them. It lives from memory, it lives from hearsay, it lives from beliefs because it doesn't have the illumination of conscious contact to know what's going on while it's going on. So its best idea is I'm going to know about it after it happened or before it happens because it has no freaking clue what's going on. But it won't allow you to sit in that I don't know, because the second huge drive is knowing. It wants to know. But it's very hard to know what's happening in the dark. The solution is, put on the light. To me, this invitation is just that. 
you recognize that the light can never be put off, in fact. It's always illuminating because awareness doesn't take a break when it goes to a place to be unaware. It's awareness. Yes, it's light. It's constantly illuminating. That's its nature. It can't change its nature. It's constantly illuminating. But if we're obsessed or up the ass of selfing, yeah, it's dark up there. You can think it's like a penthouse when you're up your anus. Yeah. It has a lot of stories to sort of tell you what's happening because you're out to lunch. You don't know what's happening because there's no light. You really are walking around in the dark and you scriptures and everything. They're all about trying to guide blind people, really, in a sense. And then here, of course, there's tons of ways of looking in the dark. There's... Kabbalah and Buddhism and Zen and everything, all these forms of looking to sort of try to correct the distortion of the original pair of glasses, self-centeredness, which are really hiding the fact that you're seeing, actually. And I believe looking is actually a way of being blind here, because they blind you to the fact that you're seeing. You get dependent on a way of looking, and you think, I've got to practice this and be vigilant about this, because if I don't, I will go back to the old way of looking. So no looking is going to be a secure solution to another form of looking. Only seeing is. Because seeing totally erases the need to look. Yeah. And you don't make effort, I'm going to stop trying to look. No, the looking stops. It's not like you do anything, because there is no you to do it. It's just the result of something occurring. You entertain it, and things happen. And then through them happening, you get an intimation of what's going on, you know? The emphasis shifts, and it's very easy to see from the truth when you're seeing from the truth. It's very impossible to see from the truth when you're not seeing from the truth. Yeah? When your head is in selfing, you're not seeing from the truth. You're not. You're looking for artificial light, or old light from an old scripture. You're trying to see a reflection of a very old, pale light from a 2,000 years ago or something, when you listen to the words of this or that. It still carries light, because they were so incredibly coming from the light, but still, you're the light bearer yourself. Yeah, those things are just to trigger your remembrance of the light. They're not meant to replace it. This isn't about buying flashlights, you know. This is about putting them down and just telling the truth. You know? What's happening now? If I could have the worst thought about the past, what's illuminating now? What's giving me that opportunity for the mind to entertain that light? Without awareness, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see the t thought that's driving you crazy. You wouldn't see it. And when you can't see, you have, you've got to rely on other things. And so we rely on things that have no intention of setting us free. They just keep us in the system of self-centeredness. Yeah. It's a very, very intense... To me, it's like the Old Testament God, really, selfie. It's like jealous, it will not bear any other God put before it. It smokes you and punishes you. It just sounds like my head. The Old Testament God. There's no difference. I think they were all in selfing. And they thought it was God or something. It's not really. I'm going to punish you if you don't do this. this. Sounds like that. Light is light. Yeah, light illuminates. And when you illuminate what used to drive you crazy, you'll see it differently, probably. Yeah? It's not virtue. And it's not practice. It's just entertaining. I like the word entertaining. It's just... This is an invitation, yeah? I'm like a mailman. I'm inviting you. I don't want you to come home with me or follow me or anything. I'm just putting it, a conceptual envelope in your mail slot, hopefully delivering a, a living message, yes? An energy, something. 
to me, I sense it when I'm doing these talks. I sense it all the time. That energy is what, that's the message. That's the living light. Yeah? The, const, the envelope may be conceptual language, but it's not the language I'm trying to convey. Yeah? The, your language is like a vehicle for something that is seeing, attempting to say something to you as seeing. Yeah? Yeah, it's a simple, simple transmission. So, the take, so the, what I get from, from that, from what you're talking about, what I'm, you know, where I'm looking, the answer I'm looking for is basically that I feel like there's something I need to do to get the motor going again. That's right. Well, and, yeah. and, I, and there isn't anything I need to do to get it going again. No. And uh, until it gets going again, I'm <laughs> in <laughs> trouble, you know? Um, or I, at least I say I'm You think so, yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, think so. Um, so, but, uh, so if I just kind of like get that I am the light, um, then itself. Well, it will anyway. Regardless, it will or it won't. Yes, it's going to take care of itself no matter yeah, what. It will or, yeah, it you will can just or travel lighter through it or you can attempt to, you know, put a steering wheel on it and control it, yes. But it's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah. You ever see there's this, there's this, uh, there's a ride in, down in Disney World, I think, or Disneyland, where you go through the jungles and you're, you're driving a boat, but there's, there's like eight steering wheels on the boat, so everyone thinks they're driving the boat. So if you make a left, there's a hippotamus rises up, and so no, or if you make, and you're thinking you're making the turns, oh, and you're taking credit for that, oh, we got away from the hippo, but oh, we got hit by that, oh, I'm terrible, this and that. But there's a big bar underneath, and it's all controlled, yes? You're just thinking, <laughs> you're standing there, you're telling the whole narration about you doing, 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 it's all... Everything isn't set in motion. Everything is happening. Yeah, the freedom is to travel lighter through it, not to try to control it or take it to a destination. The destination is no. The location of where you're at, as that light, is the destination you want to get to. It goes with you on every journey. You're already arrived at every journey you're thinking of taking because that light's illuminating all your plans for the journey. It's like, that's what they say, the open secret. You ever hear that statement? Or the gateless gate? Open secret? What? How can there be a secret if it's open? Exactly. That's the whole point. Or the gateless gate. How can there be a gate without, if it's gateless? You know what I mean? Exactly. There's no door you go through or nothing. I have a story I use a lot, which is, let's say there's heaven's door here. Yeah? And so I go there and knock on the door. God answers it. And I go, God, can I come in? Yeah, and so God looks right at me, and he goes, Paul, can't come in. So I get a little disappointed, so I decide, all right, you know, I've got to find that pedal, and I've got to drive, that's where I want to go, I'm going to go there. And so I start practicing what I think is spirituality. You know, I get whites and you know, petroleum oil and incense. I've got that loving gaze down, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, I'm meditating, and I get the beads. I feel like, yeah, I've got a good resume, you know, practicing spirituality, so... I think I got a sense of entitlement. Yeah. Come on, God, fast. Hurry up, I'm here. <laughs> so God answers the door, and I say, can I come in? And so God looks right at me and goes, Paul can't come in. So this time I get pissed off, yeah? I say, fuck this, and I start partying, getting drunk and everything, running around. Fuck God, I'm here. And then life washes me up on the shore near this door, and something happens when I stand up. I have a little bit of a moment of clarity. 
And I knock on the door. God answers the door, and I say, can I come in? And he looks right at me and says, Paul can't come in. And I walk right by him. Because it wasn't personal. He was stating a fact. That's all. He was saying, Paul can't come in. Steve's can't come in. Mary's can't come in. Sue's can't come in. Any identification of self can't enter the kingdom of heaven. It's just that simple. And so I was exiling myself, thinking it was God, but I was exiling myself from heaven because I thought I was Paul. There was no need for the whole game, but it had to happen, I guess. And, then, and as soon as I realized I wasn't Paul, I walked right in. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it's like. Somehow or another, yourself is playing God up there. And it's telling you there's some distance, there's something that has to happen for this all to work as cleanly, as clearly as I think it's supposed to somehow. I don't think so, but I think so. You know, one of those. And that little bit of space and distance, even if it's a split second, like even before a talk, if there's like a preparation that I'm going to do a talk, you missed it. Because this, this thing doesn't have any preparation time. It's, it's always living its nature, which is light. It's not like it's dim and then it brightens up. No, it's just awareness. Yeah? So, that's the whole point. Yes? There's no relevance. You have absolutely no relevance at all to do with this. You're just like a skater on an ice, and something's witnessing the skating. Yes? And this, of course you wanted to go there and this and that, and let's say if you're in the dark room, there's a part or a corner of that dark room which most of, most of us believe is the impending doom that hovers over us all the time. Yes, so when we have an anxiety about something, we're really having an anxiety about that impending doom. But if you had the illumination, you'd see all it is is light and emptiness. Yeah. Mostly what we're afraid of is the meaning our head's given things. You're not afraid of not doing anything, but it means something to you. I won't be able to pay... Canada or something. Well, something will happen if you don't have, you can't pay Canada. Yeah, things happen. They never, whatever you think it's going to mean, never actually comes to pass. It's always a different event. When when you end up at a place you thought about and how it was going to be, it's, has it ever been that way? Has you ever gone to a place that you thought a lot about, you know, a situation or place that it was exactly how you thought about it when you got there? No. Thinking does not capture being. And it doesn't even capture the expression of being here. It's so far off that it's not meant to... It's like we keep going to it as if it's a Greek oracle. It's bogus. It's a failed system. Thought is self-centeredness. It's, the, it's, the, it's a product of self-centeredness. It can never think outside the box. You can't think yourself into anything or out of anything. You can't think yourself out of the illumination, and you can't think yourself into the illumination. You are that illumination. And it's right, right now, it's demonstrating itself. It's so funny. Because you, that's the open secret. Right at the second, you're totally demonstrating what's happening and yet we're talking about. <laughs> it's insane. But I wanted to be to Toronto, I guess. Here I am, so. Yeah, any questions or continuing? I'm not an authority, bro. I'm just hanging out. Something happened. Yeah? Just trying to report back from traveling later. <laughs> Making stabs at what happened. Because you don't even know. 
I mean, I can describe what's not happening quite well because I see it. But I have no idea what's going on. All I can tell is by its effects here. So, you know, I'm not concerned. That's right. You'll hear a pop when you get it. That's your head being pulled out of your ass. That's the event you're waiting for. See, it doesn't have any effect on anything, really. Seriously. Like, if, if I have an inclination, like when everyone gets quiet and, and wants to get still, I'd rather just stay here in a weird way. It's funny. I have no desire to leave anymore this place that's appearing. It's funny. It really is. No desire. I think that's another remnant of selfing, is this desire to transcend. There's no place to transcend. Something would have to be real to transcend it. It's not real. So I sort of like, you know, I find sometimes it's more dangerous as if everyone's sitting quietly for 30 minutes. I know the head's really cooking then. <laughs> I like the banter and hanging out, you know, talking about, you know, cookies and things like that. Because there's no, it doesn't seem like that important, and that's beautiful. Yeah. emphasis is on the side of the awareness. It really doesn't have any difference. If it isn't on the side, it has a lot of difference. Yes? So it's nice. And it's just a matter of where you're not there, obviously, but where you find yourself. You're not there, but you'll have information about what to do where you find yourself. And ultimately, you're not there, but that's the information that gets downloaded. You don't, I, in me, I don't get tons of wisdom. All I get to d- know is what to do next. It just downloads. Like, it's very economical. You're pared down extremely. What you would, if you would have chose what to throw off your boat of life as you, you wouldn't have picked the ones that could have gone. <laughs> yeah? You get pared down. You just travel lighter. That's why I like that term. That's all it is. It's just, the days come and go, but there's a whole... The, the intimation over time is there's a traveling lighter, you know, because you've navigated, let's say, hundreds of miles of ocean. After a while, you get to know how your boat sails, yeah? You may have an idea of how it sails, but you really get to know how it sails when it's sailing in the water hundreds and hundreds of miles. And you can sense, hey, this is really traveling pretty damn well. Of course, it's the head saying it, but it's because it's about 80 miles late, What's going on? So it's it's just it just narrates or it becomes aware of an effect. Yeah. 
So this download that you're talking about yeah. is what's missing from me. Nothing's missing from you, bro. That's the point. Well, but seriously. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> but's the when the world begins. Yeah. But. Right. So, um, I thought I just heard you say that um, uh, when the light is on, that's when the download comes. No, the light's always on. The download comes when there's a need for what needs to be downloaded. Okay. And, and uh, so, I guess the, I used to be, You'll know what to do. You'll know what to do if you open up to it. Your head will keep telling you what to do, but there will also be a a knowledge of what to do. If you can... Yeah. But the head is definitely... Because it takes the view of it's being you, and it's your manager. It's going to dump a lot of thought in you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just scared right now, because you don't know how things are going to go. And the boat's a little shaky. I would be more honest about that than... Philosophies that I'm scared. Yeah, that you're feeling a little fear and that. Not a little, I feel. Or a lot, that the things are seeming to be unsettling. That's the best place to go. Don't try to solve it with philosophy or idea. Just tell the truth of what's appearing, because it's not true. But so you have total permission. Yeah, it's expressing. So that sadness is as valid as the highest revelation, because it's appearing in that light. Yeah. So just honor it. You're scared things. You don't know how the future is going to be, and your life was based probably on securing security or having an ad- idea that things are going to be okay. That's popped. That's not. That's that illusory balloon's not in your sky anymore. Anymore is it? So there's a fear about how things are going to pan out, and your mind wants to pull and grab things to try to assure uh, ensure itself, even high level concepts of life, to try to ensure itself. It's, you know, it's okay to have that, let that fear go and be honest and take care of it on the most obvious level, in a sense. To me, my greatest solution, advice to you would be to help someone else. You know? Get out of yourself that way. Most people, yeah. sometimes in some spiritual circles, they miss the greatest, greatest, one of the greatest invitations here, which is service. You know? To be available to somebody else will take you out of that head, not thinking about a philosophy. Just go in and help somebody. Yeah? This will take all that attention that's being, you know, sucked into selfing and put it onto someone else. You know, feel better. Somebody, are you talking about do some service? Giving them the light or doing stuff? No, no, no. Doing just doing for something me. for them. Just menial yeah. thing. Go to a soup I, kitchen tomorrow. That's all morning. I do. Yeah, good. That's all I do. Right? That would be good. But I mean, my kids and the people around me. Well, maybe try a. Serve, you know? I would just yeah, say yeah. service is a good thing to do. Sorry, I was just going to say your kids aren't selfless service. <laughs> there's yeah, yeah. a self in there with your kids. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of engagement, but like if there's a place that serves food at a, a 
soup kitchen or something. Just a morning, do it. I'm telling you, you'll probably feel a lot better than going to 12 hours of these meetings. I'm serious. Really serious. So getting out of oneself is sometimes so simple. It's not thinking itself out of it. It's just doing this helping someone else. You see somebody and you can feel something and then you just, you're a... See, what we do in recovery is, because most people are inherently tranced out right now, yeah? They're out cold, basically. So we do something called service. We help the newcomer who's suffering. And, and old-timers are suffering and other things, yeah? So in that, there's an experience that happens. So I do service, and I get a sense of being available. Yeah? In other words, I come out of that little isolation chamber, and I'm more out here. And I'm available. And when you're available, you sense something, a presence. Because when you're available, see, you can't have what this light, in a sense. It's not something to be acquired. It's when you're available, like we say, you have it by giving it away. When you're available, you sense a presence. So most people go back into the same program of being an I self. And so they live in that isolation, and maybe they'll do more service. And they do more service, and then they feel available again. They may, make, they may describe it as, I feel bigger or lighter, but it's a sense of being available. You're, uh, you came out of your ass, you know, and you're available. And, you're be, and then you sense a presence. Well, what happened with me was I saw that the presence was what I am. Yeah. The presence that I thought I was having an experience of is actually my nature, that presence or light or illumination. And that makes me, not me, but that makes me all, all, always available. And therefore, I'm always available, then I'm of service. Yeah? Now, I still sometimes do formulated service, but in fact, my, the way I look at things is of service. Yeah? It's so beautiful. It's so, so most people will look from this point of view, and they have to do something like a practice. But what the practice usually reveals is a, an, a, an, a, a sense of your essence. But then you go back into self and think you have to go and that's an experience that you have, but it's actually revealing what you are. And if the emphasis, if you can entertain that and, and then the presence becomes your basis, then you realize presence is not wasn'ts and willens. It's presence, so it's always available. And yeah, <laughs> that's of service to people, to hold the space for you or to anyone. That's service. When you meet someone who's holding the space with some certainty, it's of service to that person. Because the biggest thing is we've forgotten our nature. Yeah? So the greatest service you can do is hold the space for another human being. And to allow whatever's coming up. You know, if it's fear, it's fear. It's no big deal. You're not fearful. There's fear. Arising, your attention has gotten glommed onto it. So we're just going to hold it and see it, tell the truth, and that attention will be free from it, and the fear will, or the anxiety will leave, and then you'll realize after a while, all these things come and go to arise. But what they do, they arise in. They arise in the awareness of them, and that's the immunity to them. Yeah. So when the anxiety comes through, it's not I'm anxious. That's the interpretation of the head. And the head, of course, doesn't want to be anxious. You don't want to be afraid. You don't want to not know what's going to happen. You don't want to deal with $13,000 owed to Canada. Of course the mind doesn't. 
So it finds it irritable to have that. So it then uses its mechanisms. I'll disassociate, or I'll listen to a spiritual talk, or I'll do something to make myself feel better about this thing I'm not feeling good about. But sometimes it's just like, you know, get just help someone else. You know, get out of yourself, and you'll feel so much different. And then you'll realize that all these earth-shattering events to the mind don't shatter any earths. They just come and go. They're like, remember... The sky is an incredible example because the clouds move through it. When most people talk about, the, when they describe the sky to you, they're actually describing the clouds. They very rarely, you can't describe the sky. You're always describing what's appearing in them. That's our way we see Yeah, But the sky, you can have fireworks and it's not opened up. It doesn't bleed. There's tons of planes flying through it. They never bump into the sky. Oh, what, we just ran into the sky at 20,000 feet. No, there's nothing. All it does is hold the space for everything to appear in. That's what we are. We are that awareness that holds the space to everything to appear in, and in the appearance interplay of that, that's beingness. That's it. Yeah. So the clouds are... You see, if you, if, you see, if you see the sun from this point of selfing, then the best you can do is, let's say you want to get a suntan, because you don't think you're the light, and the clouds can stop the sun from getting through. But if you're on the other side, if you're looking at from the sun's point of view, the clouds are just things that are seen. They don't have any, they don't stop you from noticing the light. They can't block the light off. They can only block the light off if you are in a position that's located here, in the point of selfie then things can seem to block you off from the light. But if you're in this position on the sun side, you see, you see all those things, but none of them have the effect of blocking light. That's the shift of emphasis, that's all. You don't even, it's almost like you don't have much concern about it at all. Your attention sees it like it would see a passing bird at a window. Yeah, it doesn't follow it around the house. <laughs> you know, it sees it and there you go. Yeah, it's a construction of mind. That's what it's doing. It's, and it's, it tries to re, you know, it can, have an, it can have a giant startling, an epiphany it can reorganize. It can, it's an amazing, it's like, I think it's that element called mercury. When it's liquid, you can throw it everywhere and then it all comes back together. It's sort of like selfing. It has a very good way of reorganizing again. So, because it has to, it's trying to cover up an impossible thing to cover up, which is reality. It's amazing. It's attempt, that's why it has so much occupation in time, because time just distracts you from where the obvious evidence is, which is the conscious contact. More, your head mostly lives in past and future. That's where it does. That's what thinking is about. It's about time. Yeah, so, yeah. I see it, the construction of it, yeah. But I don't have any argument with it. That's the beauty, because I, don't, I realize it's not me. I don't care, really. You know, and seriously. Whatever gets pulled back in isn't me. I see what's, I see the pulling back in, and I see the pulling, seeming pulling back out. Neither of them are me. I am not something that goes in and out. That's the thing when I hear people talk, it sounds like they still believe they're 
connected and disconnected and going in and out. That's not you. That's a movement of the phantom mind. You're you're the light that's illuminating that movement. Yeah? You see the movements, but you're not the one that's seemingly moving. And that's what will happen, I find. The more I entertain, more will be revealed. It's sort of like this. Ramana Maharshi used to say this thing in one of his talks. He says, yeah, there's a lot of people have this experience. They're looking at the world as if it's not real. They see that. They see it as not real. But they're sitting in like the movie theater thinking they're real, seeing it as unreal. He says, the circle's bigger. That whole experience of you thinking you're seeing the world as unreal, but the subtle assumption that you're real, that's the movie. That's also being seen. See? That's also being seen. So no matter, no matter how large the circle is and it's on the rim, there's, there's always this feeling of being an authentic self. That is always in a larger circle. Yeah? And after you go through maybe seven or eight of those experiences, you realize the principle, there is no authentic self. That's what happened with me. There would always be, there would be the, the lens would open up and then there would be this subtle little voice saying, oh, I see everything, you know, but thinking it was real. <laughs> I see the content of all things. And then suddenly there'd be another download and this would be in the circle. Oh, that was part of the content. And then there would be another. Oh, and then after about seven of them, I realized there's no authentic self. So, you know what I mean? I mean, that whole idea. So that doesn't arise anymore for me when the big openings occur. Then there's that, that that rim denizen, you know. Oh, yes! Things have been revealed to me. I see it. No. <laughs> it always gets thrown into the mix. <laughs> there is no authentic self. As far as I can see. You know. But is that using the word seeing? When you say that there is something that sees that, there's something that sees Yes. I mean, I know my, I would get hooked on that. I mean, okay, there's a seeing. There's a seeing that happens. <laughs> and, and taking that to mean some kind of, you know, over, yes. you know, viewing of it all. Yeah. And so, is there another word that that would help you? I don't know. Yeah. I like seeing. That's the flavor of it to me. Well, it implies that I'm watching. To who? To me. Well, <laughs> but you're seeing that. See, you're seeing that there's a, there's it implies a watching to a you that's being seen. That's the point. See, the lens just opens up more and more. There's no rim to it. All the, I know, it's just like there's no rim that holds the lens. It's just seeing. It just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. No matter what, no matter the selfing wants to make a circle for it to be on it and seeing in, that's constantly encompassed by the seeing. It doesn't seem like it never... There's no place where you run into a fence yeah, where... Seeing stops, or there's someone that's there seeing at the end of it. I don't sense that. So, and it doesn't matter to me. Seeing has only one value. It's here where you don't see. Seeing doesn't need any. It has, it has all the value in the world. Seeing, but where you don't seem to see, seeing is very valuable. But inherently, seeing has no value. It's just what it is. But here, it has a lot of value. People who don't see, it's nice if they entertain seeing. Because they'll allow them to travel lighter. Yeah? Because we're in a place that you can travel heavy or light. So it's, hey, why not light? Of course, you're neither of them, but give me a break. You like to travel light. Yes. 
much rather travel light. I'd much rather not, you know, get obsessed over something that I have no control over. So. You're getting it, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's always done. It's just a basic, it's, it's revealing all the time. Not to you. It's just revealing. Yeah, it's revealing that the, the to you is a story. There's no direction to it. It's all it does is reveal. Yeah, there's no direction. It's not revealing to you. There's no. It's not. You know, you're not a special revealer to. It's just revealing. That's what it does. Light reveals, doesn't it? You bring a strong light in a room that had a dark corner before, and you put it get a stronger light. It reveals what's in that corner. That's its nature. It just reveals. So that's what happens to me. But it's allowing. You know. Allows me to come to Toronto, just the same as New Jersey, it's just the same as California. Do I have a home? Not really. You know, it's just same. It's like I'm traveling constantly. You know, like, even when I'm at home, it's traveling. There's no, like it says in the Bible, there's no place for a man to rest his head. You know, the real security is insecurity. It's not knowing. There's no place to rest. It's like free fall. It's like free fall constantly, all the time. To me, like when I'm here, it's like every moment I'm getting parachuted into this chair. You're not noticing it, but that's how it senses. I'm sitting here, and it's just Paul gets downloaded. <laughs> Sometimes it's surprising. It's like when I was in the fields of France doing World War II, and now I'm suddenly sitting here. You just like drop in. You're like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> things keep happening. It's like gets you here after a while. Oh, are they noticing or what? <laughs> so, yeah, I like it though. Who likes it? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Chuck's talking, it's like I, I recognize something 
where maybe it's a pain body thing that is keeping him in the house. It's like, like not just life is not moving. It's stuck. So there's there's this um, sense of um, you know just just like it's got momentum. So you, I, there's a sense. Well, I know that you see a lot of people who are who are just there's a stuckness like they're yeah yeah. Um, it's it's like an addiction to pain almost. Yeah. Well, so. there's a being right about something in there too. Okay. That's what happens. But that's why I said, Chuck, yeah, it's, like it's just to I do know. service. Yeah, I see. There's an I know. Just to do service and yeah. get out of yourself. So yeah. Because if sometimes the antidote is in the poison. So it's yeah. in this place of form and this and that. Instead of thinking and trying to think yourself out of it or feel yourself out of it or think you should be, just go help someone else and sure. that will break that hold. Yeah? For temporarily so that you can regather and maybe entertain something. Yes? But it's very difficult to entertain something when the parasites run in the show. That's why you need to do something. You've got to take action. Like we say in recovery, uh, action produces good thinking. Good thinking doesn't produce action. Yeah? You, are some think, you can't think yourself into think good thinking. You've got to act yourself into it. Action is selfless service. Well, it's just service. I don't know what will happen, but you'll have an experience of it, and it probably will take your attention out of what you would say is the pain body or the, right. the, parasitic, the parasitic view of what's happening, which is bleak. And, and, yeah. and it's service to someone who you don't want anything from. Exactly. Like, like she, she was saying about your family. Your family has too many... Things, there's too many bonding patterns going on there. You want to do it like just help somebody, go to a clinic or something, and just be of service. Yeah, and then all that stuff that thinking wasn't releasing, somehow that will release. That's what I do with a lot of people. I had a guy who calls me up on the phone a lot, and he's, he's with a woman that he doesn't want to be with, but he's still with her, you know, or something. It goes on and on and on and on. And he's a big seeker and stuff, and so... He's going on and on and on about this as if he knows better. I shouldn't, this shouldn't, shouldn't be happening, so I'm just reporting it as, you know, an un, unattached observer. But he was in the mix of it, really, you know what I mean? So after a while, then he says, as, and I know the true foundation of selfing. And he's going in and I said, cut the crap, just help somebody. Go fucking stop talking about it. You have no idea what's happening. Go help somebody. Stop calling me up and talking to me about it. You know all this. You don't know a damn thing. You're not traveling light. Yeah. You know, what's, the, what's the knowledge helping you as? You're traveling heavy as hell. Go help somebody. So I haven't heard from them since. <laughs> but really, seriously. Yeah, sometimes. It's like sitting up here, worshiping the, at the altar of thought again. You know, no, just go out there and put your ass on the line and have some coffee with someone you don't like or smells or is in trouble. Yeah? Give them some food. Pass some food on. Donate a jacket. There's, there must be jacket places around here where you donate a warm coat. Look at these people that are going to be on the street tonight. They're going to fucking freeze to death. So there's things you, you get out of it. You get out of that stream of selfing and you, you come to a temporary shore but it's better than no sure at all. You relax a little bit and see. Maybe you get to see again. Yeah, I find that. Because we're self-centered to the max in that view. We're really out for us. And so sometimes the, the easiest way to break that is to do a service, a physical service out here. It takes you right out of it.
I used to do it. See, I, I was trained this young. When I was with this guru, and when I was young, I was 18, 19, they were very into service. And like, So when I'd go to, let's say, an ashram in India, I'd just I'd, uh, sign up for the kitchen. And it'd be great. I had the best time there. Better than when I was listening to the master, just hanging out with all the people, cleaning the pots and everything. It was great. It was fantastic. There was so much lightness going on. Because, you know, the selfing was totally engaged in seeing the master, sitting in front. It wasn't engaged in cleaning pots. It wasn't seeing any glorious situation in that, you know. And there you were, and everyone else was laughing. We had a blast. It helps you. Get out of yourself. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's a nice avenue. Yeah. A lot of times with Advaita, I feel it's very cerebral, and people are like constantly thinking about it or something. I, I'll give you, an ex- I'll tell you a story. This was really powerful for me. 